Welcome back to the Stick'em Up podcast. Brundy, what do we have this week? Oh, not a whole lot this week. Uh, just coming off the kind of Christmas break going on in the league. So, you know, kind of got a, a four-day stretch there where nothing is happening at all. Uh, games are just recently kind of getting back and underway. Um, so probably a little bit of a shorter one here for us. Um, but I think we got some fun stuff to kind of help uh, soften the blow of there not being much news to talk about. Yeah, we still got uh, we still got a few things. We got a a couple uh, league achievements. We got a few a few things to talk about. So, uh, where do we want to start? Uh, well, we can we can start with the I guess the the outside NHL news. Um. Just trying to find where it was here. Uh, what was the team again? Uh, I don't see the uh, name. Oh, um, I saw that it, it was the uh, the torpedo. Oh yes, yes, yes. I just found it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so the the torpedo, um, one of the teams over in the KHL, uh, decided to shake things up a bit and signed fifty one year old. Well, not fifty one yet. Will be turning fifty one. Um, but uh, Nikolai Habibulin, a uh, former great goaltender in the NHL, is uh, is lacing him back up now over in the KHL. Yeah, uh, Stanley Cup winning goaltender for the Tampa Bay Lightning, Nikolai Habibulin, the Bulin Wall. Yeah, he's playing for. Uh, I I guess they're this is uh, set up differently, just probably based on how the Russian language works. But when you Google the team that he's on, it's it says Torpedo Nizhny Novgorod, Novgorod. Yeah, so it has honestly, like, I've never even it heard has, of them. It has Torpedo, and then I'm assuming that's the place. Yes, that's the location. So yeah, it's kind of yeah. cool to see him get back in into the game. Probably won't be playing very much, if if at all, really. Um, but nonetheless, still, still kind of cool to see him make a little bit of a return here. Yeah, I'm. Not, I really don't know if they plan on like making him the starter. If that's just a publicity thing to get people through the door. But uh, if if he starts lighting it up super hard over there, we'll uh, keep you in the know because you know winning uh, winning Tampa their first Stanley Cup. I obviously got a bit of a soft spot for Happy Boolin. Uh, but yeah, I was not expecting that news when I when I read that. Yeah, it's kind of a weird uh, a weird move. Yeah, I don't, I don't really know what the reasoning behind it is. Like, I I wouldn't expect him to be the starter just because, you know, I mean, the KHL is aside from the NHL, it's the best league in the world. So, and you know, at fifty one years old for a goaltender might might be a little bit tough for him. But I guess we'll yeah. we'll just kind of have to wait and see. Uh, see how that plays out it, it is only a one-year contract so yeah that's also something to note um but yeah nonetheless so be kind of cool to see how that plays out for him yeah uh just to reiterate when Brudy said the khl is the second best league in the world he meant the highest standard of play not the actual league itself oh, a little bit of both I'm just gonna throw it in there. They're a little sketchy over there, but a little bit of both. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. In terms of competitiveness and play style, and yeah, the the overall. I mean, the league itself is. Uh, I think their playoffs are, are done quite weird over there. Um, but so that's kind of the league where a lot of former, you know, NHL players, uh, yeah, kind of go or players go or, if yeah. they uh, can't get a job now. Or um, you'll see a lot of first or second round prospects if they don't pan out over in in the NHL or anything. They'll they'll go over to the KHL and try and. Uh, make a name for themselves over there as well. So there, there's good talent in that league. So it'll be interesting to see how he fares against, you know, a lot of these other good players that are over there. I think Kovalchuk just resigned as well. Or that something over in the KHL to, to stick around there. Um, uh, sticking with uh, the Russian theme, uh, Nikita Kucherov yesterday reached 300 career goals. So good for him. It was... Uh... It was a very timely goal that we needed. He is. Was that the, the was that the Florida game? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, I wasn't able to catch that game, but I heard it was a pretty, pretty entertaining game to say the least. Uh, yeah. may, maybe not entirely if you're, you're a fan of one of the two teams, but if you're just a, an outsider watching the game, it sounds like it was a pretty, pretty entertaining game. It was really fun to watch for the first two periods. And in the third, like for the first maybe five minutes of the third period, I was annoyed as a Tampa fan because it felt like the refs were kind of putting the screws to us. And then very quickly, it just became a as a hockey fan, like I just don't want to see anyone get hurt. Like, I swear, if that game went another five minutes, somebody was getting brained out there. It uh, the, the refs were losing control of it fast in the last five minutes. So, yeah, and once they do it, thank, you, thank God. Yeah, it just thank snowballs. God at that point it just didn't like go to overtime or something. I mean, most guys aren't taking yeah. shots once it gets to overtime, but you know, both teams yeah. got to lay with a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah, and that's one of the things, right? When it, when it starts to get a little rough out there, and the refs, you know, kind of just let them play and aren't taking control of the game, it just kind of snowballs, and then it yeah, it turns into a a whole separate thing, like the. The game is one thing, and then you got this whole sideshow going on that. It, it, it's, it's entertaining, I mean, as a fan, but it's also like at, at some point it's, you know, you got to tighten it up. Yeah, it was very entertaining in the second period because by that point, both teams were feeling it. It was hard hitting, but it was still fair. It That was really good. But like there was one play in the last five minutes where um, I'm trying to think of who it was. Ekblad just uh blatantly just like skated up and shoved Stamkos to the ice like the most obvious interference ever and Stamkos knew the refs had put away their whistles he just turned around and hit Ekblad in the face with his stick that went uncalled and then they started fighting and like the refs immediately got involved and didn't even let them fight so like both guys with egregious plays and the refs who refused to police them wouldn't even like let them fight and police it themselves either like it was yeah. just a bizarre sequence to watch yeah yeah it's it's tough when when you get refs like that and it seems like that's becoming more and more of a kind of a common trend um happening but yeah i'd much rather not, the not, nothing's call, perfect than the, the refs call everything instead of nothing uh, I know that makes it a much more boring game, but it also makes it a lot more safe. So that's, yeah, exactly, that's the trade-off right? I'm willing to take at least. Yeah. 
Oh, 100%. Um, but moving on from that, congratulations to Kucherov on 300 career goals. Um, not the only Russian who uh, was, uh, I guess that was a bit of a milestone, but uh, tying a record, Alexander Ovechkin got his 13th penalty shot of his career, tying him for most all-time with Vinny LeCavalier, which I was surprised to see he had so many. But uh, I was also yeah. surprised at, like, does 13 not seem insanely low to be the all-time record for just most penalty shots taken? That's just taken. That's not even scored. Ovechkin's only actually got two penalty shot goals. But, like... um, I don't think so, just because, I mean, before, like, it seems like we're starting to see a little bit more penalty shots this year. But, I mean, before this year, you think about it, what, there was maybe... You would hear of like fifteen or so, maybe throughout the entirety of of a season before. Like they, yeah. it, it went. There was a long stretch where they weren't very, uh, very common. Yeah, and uh, I at some point I wonder if they're just going to do away with the penalty shot because I feel like at this point most teams would prefer a two minute power play over a penalty. I shot. I, th I think so. Yeah. I mean, like I just said, I mean, Ovechkin, a lot of people see him as the greatest goal scorer of all time. Two for 13. Like, some guys are really good on breakaways, but, you know, it's a it's a one-on-one -on -one with the goalie versus a five-on-four where there can be up to five or six guys screening the goalie, you know? It's... Yeah. It can be real feels bad if it's a, if it's a rough penalty to take and then goalie saves it and that's your chance so uh, yeah. it'd be it'll be interesting to see over the next uh you know five to ten years if that's one of the changes they make perhaps alongside with um the shootout i don't think they'll ever get rid of the penalty shots just because i think that in itself is kind of its own little fun thing within the game um, I'm, I, I'm still really on board of you know getting rid of the the shootout um, yeah. and and the thing is is and it was only uh, actually probably like three three weeks ago or something but the whole reason that they don't want to get rid of the shootout is they're like oh well we don't want games going too late and then you know with teams having to travel and this and this like we, we can't have games going late but it's like again if if it's three on three overtime you're not going to get like a 20 minute overtime happening and then it was a couple weeks ago, I believe it was Pittsburgh and Montreal. They went to like a 13-round shootout. That one was wild. And I could tell you right now that if they just continued on playing three-on-three -three overtime, the game would have ended much quicker than that 13-round shootout. Um, well, so it's kind of something that goes the against the three-on-three, but yeah, I do agree. And now also the whole, the fact that they, they're so dead set on keeping the the shootout in, but now they're trying to micromanage it and add all these rules of like, yeah, you know, you're not, you can't do the spin rama anymore for whatever reason. That, uh, like, they're talking about getting that, rid of the so whole, weedy. yeah. And they're talking about getting rid of the whole Kuznetsov play because he slows it down. He comes in so slow, but it's like, I see a lot of people complain about that, but that's, that's one of the ones where I'm like, I mean, like you, you look at all the rules. He's not breaking any of the rules. He's going forward. <laughs> Because there's yeah. a there is a time limit on your shot, right? You have like thirty seconds. Yeah, yeah. Like you, 
like as long as he's within those 30 seconds, you know, and moving forward the whole time, you can you can do that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know about all that. Um, I can see I can see an argument for knocking it down to 20 or 15 seconds. I mean, they're NHL players. It doesn't take that long to walk in and take a shot. So, I, yeah, I could see 30 seconds being a bit much, but. You know, I don't know, it's just if, my if they, put just... A, if they put a limit on like stick handles or something like that's just going to look so dumb. Yeah. Yeah. I'm um, moving on the one thing that uh, I think is worth noting because I don't think many people expect him to be in this position. Um, but once the, the, the Christmas break started for the league, uh, the Vancouver Canucks were sitting top of the NHL in points uh, regulation and overtime wins, uh, goals four. They were within the top five for goals against, and they were number one in the league in goal differential, which is is pretty crazy considering you know they were kind of one of those teams that was was going to be kind of people thought were was going to be in the mix with like Calgary and Seattle kind of yeah. fighting for a you know a wild card spot went up, but to be to go into the break top of the league and you know, they've already made a, a couple trades to improve their team early on, which is, is paying off huge for them already. Um, it, it's just quite incredible. You know, the, the run that they've gone on and the fact that people were like, Oh, like they'll, they're going to fall off eventually. Um, and the fact that they haven't, and they're still, you know, pushing forward and continuing to dominate some games and uh, stay at the top is, is quite impressive. Yeah, it's it's absolutely crazy how good they've been this year. And it's it's not them just being carried by people either. Like they don't have absolutely incredible depth, but like Demko has shown up for them absolutely huge. Uh yeah. their entire top six and top four on D have been incredible. Like the majority yeah. of that team is playing really, really well. And probably the most, um, I think the the biggest thing to me, and and this isn't even a shot at, at the Oilers. Um, and do keep in mind that the Canucks have played five or four more games than the Oilers. But if you told me that you know at the Christmas break that the Canucks were going to be sitting there with uh, with eighteen more points than the Oilers, like that's nine regulation or, or overtime wins. Like if you told me they'd be that many yeah. points out of the Oilers at the break, I'd be like. No way, because I think I had Edmonton finishing uh, top of the Pacific Division this year, and Canucks, I think, I, I had him, I think, in the four spot, uh, which is just in- incredible at how big of a gap they've already created and how, again, like, the kind of the thing we always go back to is, you know, coming down the stretch of the season, that's huge for the Canucks, that they're already starting to rack up that big of a, a differential between them and some of uh, teams that should be, you know, top top of the division battling with them they're they're not in like even the last few years like uh the last five-ish years generally they don't make the playoffs but if they do it's because they fought hard for it in march and early april if they play 500 hockey for the rest of the season they're in yeah they're still sitting pretty so that that might be a completely different feel for that locker room so that would be uh It'll be really cool to see if they can uh, continue that going into the playoffs. Yeah. Which is looking a bit uh, ahead a bit early, but I mean, 
it's it's exciting you know they're a team that people have been saying you know they're they're on the cusp for uh several years at this point and Demko Pedersen Miller and Hughes all made massive jumps this year um yeah and it's all coming together all at once and it's it's an exciting time to be a Canucks fan for sure yeah, and and even just talking about how a you know a hot start can set you up, like the Vegas Golden Knights are still currently third place in the league, um, and that's largely due to them starting off the season eleven and one, because since then they're ten and thirteen. They're a, a below five hundred team um, since their hot start, and the fact that even going through a, a tough run like that, they're still third is is huge for them. Yeah, that's geez. I like. I knew they. Uh, I knew they lost to uh, the Panthers and Tampa when uh, they both came through. But that's that's crazy that they've gone ten and thirteen in their last twenty three. Yeah, yeah, and they're still they're still sitting right up there at the top. So, but they is, they do incredible. have uh, some big injuries. I know uh, Shea Theodore has been out for quite a while at this point. Yeah, but you could also on the flip side. Winnipeg's dealt with some injuries and they're they've continued to roll on just fine. Yeah, fair. But yeah, you can you could give reasons, you can't give excuses, you know. They uh yeah. yeah, every every team gets injured sometimes, you know. Yeah. Tampa's been to the cup final four times in the past 10 years and we've always been comfortably in the playoffs except for the one year where we missed because we just had a ton of injuries. Like yeah. it, ju- it just happens sometimes, and there's not much you can do about it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's just my thing, kind of pumping up the Canucks because they just they just continue well to impress everyone. Well, especially deserved. when people think they're gonna fall off, they they prove people wrong. That's for sure. I I don't know if it was on the podcast or not because I feel like I remember talking to you about this, but remember at the last draft when everyone was hoping the Canucks would get first overall to get Bedard because he was a fan of them when he was a kid. Fuck, yeah. Could you imagine this team right now with Connor yeah. Bedard on it? When they were, they were one number away. They were like, I know they, it's like, Oh, like Anaheim got second overall, but aside from Chicago, the Canucks were the next closest team to, to John that number one pick. Like it was, it was right there. It, it, it was a very, very close to being a, a reality. That's you got to imagine that that's like a dynasty in the making. Like that, what that team is now and just adding a player of that caliber, like that just looks sensational. So, yeah, but Canucks are doing fine without them. Yeah. Um, another small kind of, well, I mean, kind of with the topic of the Canucks, uh, former Canucks defenseman, Ethan Bear, um, just kind of returning from injury now, has signed a two-year deal with the Washington Capitals with an AAV of just a little bit over $2 million. Uh, his, his I think that's an awesome signing. Fought. Yeah, that's a good signing for them. And his agent must have fought tooth and nail for every cent. Uh, the AAV is 2.0625. I don't, yeah. I don't know how you get to that number without... Uh, Without constantly saying, no, give me a little bit more. Yeah, fighting for every every little bit you can get. 
Uh, but I, I mean, it's a great signing for for the Capitals. Um, I think he'll be awesome for them back on the the right end of the blue line form an area that they they could use a little bit of help in. And you know, getting a, a guy like Ethan Bear at this point in the season for free is it's it's just it's really really good for them, and that's gonna uh, pay dividends for them now going throughout the rest of the season now. One thing I would like to know is do they have any retention spots in Washington? Uh, they they must. I, I'm not even sure. If, I think they've probably got all of them. Probably. Because you know what? Uh, I don't know how much they need Ethan Bear in Washington just because he is a rather offensively mined defenseman and they've already got... Um, They've already got John Carlson. They've already got Rasmus Sandin. A couple pretty offensive, uh, offensively-minded guys. I mean, they could obviously just keep him. He's a young, great player. But if you want to trade him and retain half at the deadline, some playoff team is getting Ethan Bear for two years at $1.03 uh, million per year. That's, that's a pretty nice-looking deal to get at the deadline my guess would be if anything it would probably happen next year just because i think i don't think teams would be willing to pay the price probably that the capitals would would want because you gotta remember you're giving up whatever for ethan bear but then you're also having to pay quite a premium to get that salary retained and i think more teams would most likely look to uh to, to other other players instead that would be available but who knows? I think with Washington, though, I think they're they're still trying to win with their core they have right now. So I don't see them really selling guys off. Per se. I could see it maybe being a reality next year, um, you know, when they don't know if he's going to stick around or not. And he's on his last year. But my guess would be he probably finishes out the season with the Capitals just because, you know, it's, it's very clear that they're still trying to win with their aging core. Despite none of them really putting up good numbers, but they're still... They really aren't. Right in the mix. They're still they, right in the mix. It's weird. They are getting a lot of great goaltending, and it's weird, you know? You look around the league, scoring is up everywhere, except for Washington games. It seems yeah. like every game I see of theirs, they're winning 2-1 to one or 3-1. to one. Like, it's very yeah. low-scoring games over there, so... You know what? Maybe they maybe they do have a pretty uh, good defensive uh, defensive system, or just a lot of uh, defensively minded players. Because yeah, there's, there's not a lot going on. The only team with less goals scored than the Capitals is the Sharks, and the Sharks have only scored four less. Um, so that that just kind of speaks volumes, I guess, to how well like a, are they in a Capitals are spot? playing. Uh, no, they're they're just outside of a playoff spot. Oh no, they are. They're actually sitting in that last uh, last wild card spot now. How are you thirty first in the league for goals and in a playoff spot at Christmas? Like that's well, Islanders that's did it for crazy. years, and they're they're doing it with Alexander Ovechkin in the lineup. Like, yeah, that's that's uh, definitely did not have that on my twenty twenty three season bingo card. The biggest knock on them, though, is it's only 14 regulation or overtime wins, um, which isn't even 50% of their games. Uh, they've currently played 32 games. So, 
know, kind of, kind of take what you want with that, but it's, I definitely it's not like they're a, a powerhouse or, or, or dominant. Yeah. I, I, I still don't see them uh, finishing the season a playoff spot just because, you know, right below them is, is Tampa Bay, New Jersey, Pittsburgh, uh, even Detroit. Uh, to, to think that, to think of Washington's going to finish up a lot of wins. Yeah, to think that Washington's going to finish ahead of all of those teams because I'm not even going to say anything about the Flyers because they're they shouldn't be where they are, but they continue to win and they're putting up good good numbers and good stats and good wins. So I'm not even gonna, you know, no, yeah, I'm absolutely. not even going to speak on them because they're they're more than deserving of where they're at. Yeah, and that's, but to think we've Washington been saying that for people have been saying that for 20 years every time John Tortorella picks up a new team. Oh, well, he yeah. signed with this team. These guys all kind of suck. And then somehow they make the playoffs and somehow they keep winning rounds. Like they, that, that guy just squeezes blood from a stone. He, whatever yeah. he's given, he takes it, he gets people to buy into the system and it works. Yeah. And, you know, say what you will about his coaching style, whether you like him or not, I'm sure it's valid, but he, he gets results and that's why he keeps getting jobs. Yeah, exactly. I couldn't agree more. Um, what else? What else do we got here? Oh, uh, we don't got it on the board here. Um, but I guess we should. We're not going to go too far into it because ever it's been shoved down everyone's throat enough. Um, but the other night, uh, well, a couple of nights ago now, uh, we saw two Michigans take place in the same night. Um, one from. Connor Bedard and then one from uh, Trevor Zegras. Um, I believe I'm just going to pull it up here. Bedard pulling it off against the St. Louis Blues and then Zegras pulling it off against the Seattle Kraken. Both um, teams respectively did end up losing their their games. So it's, you know, you take, you take some some good and some bad out of it, I guess, for for those did guys you, and those fans. Did you see the clip? of Connor or not Connor, uh, Bedard uh, Trevor Zegris before the game no the he so he's talking to the Anaheim Ducks uh, ringside uh, interviewer you know personality and um, she is saying that for Christmas uh, she asked for a Trevor Zegris Michigan goal tonight and he says hmm. I'll do my best and so she interviewed him again after the game and uh, he was, he, uh, he said exactly what a coach would want to hear. It was a lot of downplaying it. It was a lot of, I wish we could have won the game instead. Uh, but yeah. at, the, at the end, uh, she said, thanks for making my Christmas wish come true. And he looked at her with the cheekiest smile I've ever seen a hockey player pull off and said, anything for you? Dude, this guy's riz is off the fucking charts. Yeah. Like his play this season isn't, but <laughs> it's it's falling. His riz is charge, going for him, <laughs> but that's a, that's a hell of a way to return uh, back after a break from playing. So yeah, yeah, because he he missed like twenty games or so. Yeah, and that's um, I'm pretty sure that was his first game back. So yeah, if, and then if that's anything to indicate he's looking. And then Bedard um, continued to. Do his Bedard things. He pulled it off against uh, who? No one better than Jordan Bennington of the St. Louis Blues. Um, <laughs> the funniest thing, I think, the best part of both of them was Bennington's response. Um, he went on 
on Instagram and he didn't even put any words, but he just posted a video and it's of a, a little kid, probably eight or nine years old. Um, it was a video from behind one of the nets and he tried to pull off a, a Michigan and, and the little goalie was in the net, just kind of followed him the whole way and put out his stick and just clothesline the kid. <laughs> so I thought that was a very, uh, you know, funny response from Bennington actually and kind of just taking it. Yeah what it is and you know bringing some yeah. humor out of what is obviously a very kind of embarrassing moment to happen to any goalie and he's just kind of brushing it off and making jokes about it yeah i know i saw a lot of people say like you know the rare binnington w like you know yeah i i'm surprised like i'm not surprised that some people have the opinion but i'm surprised whenever i'm seeing like threads online about who's your least favorite player in the league binnington's usually the first one and I figure he'd probably be around top five, yeah. but you know, I figured a Marshand, a Wilson, uh, even a Truba or something. But it's very often Bennington is like number one or two, and that uh, that kind of surprised me sometimes. But maybe maybe uh, I'm just East Coast brain, you know. I think a lot of people are games. just uh, they just don't like Bennington just because you know, um, and I'm not saying this is the case, but I think this kind of way most people feel is just. In terms of when you think of like players having class, he's probably the lowest or one of the lowest um, for it. Like, you know, getting pulled from a game and, or I can't remember what, what exactly the scenario was, but throwing a water bottle I was gonna say, across you know, the, the ice the, at Kadri. The, uh, the, the uh, one people always constantly bring up is him getting pulled in that game against the Sharks and kind of throwing fake punches at players as he's getting yeah. yanked off and stuff and it's like so i mean i mean he's he's not my least least favorite player um but i i can see why people would yeah would have him uh near the top or at the top of their yeah. list but i think people are also very unused to goalies being so out outwardly uh aggressive a lot of the times you know like uh tom yeah. wilson does it and people are like you know he's a he's a grinder that power for that's what he does but when a goalie does it, people are kind of like, this uh, This is uncharted ground a little bit for people who weren't around when, you know, Billy Smith and Ron Hextall were, were swinging at people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I, so congrats to Bedard and Zegris for pulling it off. Uh, maybe Bennington's video will catch on. And I think you're, you're going to eventually start to see goalies doing that where they're just going to just go wild when players try try it, like they'll do whatever they can to, to I think they're stop just them. Gonna adapt and be able to stop it better. I think if well, you can, with how quick Zegers did his, if you can get an eye on it, yeah, actually, like easily the best Michigan we've seen in the NHL to date. Holy crap! Yeah. I saw an alternate angle of it where it's from the side that he's going to, and like I still have no idea how he did it. He literally just like puts his stick beside the puck and it just like chips up as if there's a magnet on his stick and in the puck and just goes right onto his yeah. stick. And then he does it at speed. Absolute thing of beauty. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I, it's going to be tough for goalies to stop ones like that. You know, but what? You, I think you you're going to see more and more goalies yelling at their defensemen. Go fucking stop him next time. Because yeah, I think, I think a one like that is a, about as close to an unstoppable shot as you can get in the NHL right now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know right. what? 
the defenseman's got to make sure they don't get to be down there. Yeah. Um, last bit of news before we kind of hop into the last couple uh, things we've got. Um, Chris Letang became the first defenseman in NHL history to record uh, five points in in a single period, um, which is, is pretty absurd, especially in the fact that it was yeah. all within a, a seven-minute span. Um, not to take anything away from him, but... They, and, and they were all assists, uh, five assists, but four of them were secondary assists. assists. Mm. Um, so, I mean, not to take anything away from because, I mean, the, to do it within, you know, not, not even just a single period, but within a seven-minute span is, is just ab- absurd in, in any fashion. So uh, congrats to Chris Letang for setting that record that might be a while before we see anyone tie that record let alone do it in a shorter span of time be able than, to get six, that yeah. seven yeah i was uh everywhere i saw it reported it was different i didn't see any anything uh match up too often it was uh, a lot of you know chris letang first defenseman to get five points in a period and then a uh a lot of other places also had chris letang first defenseman to record five assists in a single period and like both yeah. are both are true but like it's funny that like both those separate ones are being pushed you know yeah yeah i, I guess like, just i feel like just saying five points look is, at you know, good enough but yeah gives you a bit of a different headline different title yeah um is that all we have before we get into yeah uh, some of the ending stuff yeah, that was that was all. I, that's all I've got, at least. Uh, yeah, I've got uh, I've just got a couple things uh, that I'm just going to talk you through a bit. And I just want to get some of your reactions. Maybe we'll do a little guesswork on some of them. OK. What do we got? All right. uh, first, let's. Uh, one. OK. We, th- I am currently looking at the all-time uh, NHL player points leaderboard. There are four currently playing players that are in the top 50. Which are those five, uh, four players? Um, well, Sidney Crosby. Yep. And, the, and, wait, so, and these are active players still currently playing? Yes. Okay, um, so obviously Crosby, um, Ovechkin's probably on there. Yep. Um, those are actually probably one and two out of all current active players. Yep. Uh, um, the other two are much lower, uh, right beside each other, number 40 and 41. Um, probably I guess not m- that hard to get, honestly. Uh, I would Malkin say. would be one. Yep, Malkin's 40. And then probably the guy that... 10 behind. Oh, oh, they're right beside each other. So that actually kind of gave it away. Uh, that would be Patrick Kane then. Yeah. Yeah. Because those, those two have been like right beside each other in points. Uh, scored for the last last little bit. Mm, makes sense. And, and uh, all yeah. of them are going to continue to probably move up... Uh, for sure. More and more on, on, on that... And so that's why I wanted to do this segment, because over the past 
uh, maybe two weeks, uh, Crosby has jumped another two points up the all-time leaderboard. He is currently 13th all-time in NHL scoring. And he's about to pass Joe Thornton. He's only two points behind Jumbo Joe right now. Yeah. And you know what? He's probably going to pass Ray Bork during this season. And if he puts up enough numbers, he, he'll he probably just get close, but he might pass Esposito and get into the top 10 at 1590. So, yeah, Crosby is, Crosby is still going at an incredible rate. I feel like I've seen a lot of people write him off in the last few years, but good Lord, he looks like he's about to have his best season. Yeah, I was going to say he continues to just you know, prove people wrong. Even when people start to think, oh, he might be falling off or or whatever, he just continues to to prove people wrong. And, you know, one of those guys that just almost kind of seems to get better and better now with age. So I, I expect him to jump up quite a few more spots um, throughout this season and next season. And depending on how long he plays, like it's it's not out of the realm for him to, get up into that top five. No, I definitely, I definitely think that's possible with another few good seasons. Like if he, if he really fights against time, he can, he can get as high as number two. I think, I mean, like that's, that's a tall order for sure, but it's, it's Sid, the kid we're talking about the way he's playing right now. Another 400 points isn't impossible. Yeah. It's really just a matter of how, how much longer he he decides to to keep playing for? Yeah, and if he falls off, because uh, despite how funny it is to say Russian machine never breaks, everyone who plays in the NHL is human and eventually slows down, as we're seeing with Ovechkin. And a lot of people thought it was a foregone conclusion he'd break he'd break Gretzky's record. Uh, I I think he'll still do it, but it's not yeah, as much of a slam dunk as it looked it. at the start of the year. Yeah, yeah, he'll he'll still break it. He'll he'll stick around until he does. Um, just for anyone wondering, we don't have to do anything with this, but I'm gonna list uh some other active players in the top 100, just because that's fun. Uh, Anze Kopitar, 55th overall in points with uh 1172. Steven Stamkos, 67th all time, 1091. Nicholas Backstrom, 83rd all-time with a 1,033. 85, Joe Pavelski with 1,032. Oh, yeah. 86, Claude Giroux with 1,030. And 97th, uh, John Tavares, 1,005. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. How many current players in the league right now are all sitting in the the top 100 for our all time points. Yeah. Like it's crazy to think within like what? Uh probably a probably if when we're talking a, a year from now, uh Connor McDavid's even gonna be Yeah. Be potentially up in, in, in there. Like he, he'll be in the top one hundred by the end of this season. I I would not doubt it. Um what's number what's number hundred at? I was just uh, going to go uh, uh, mention but uh, McDavid. Did I say Bedard or McDavid? I think a little bit of both. 
probably. Uh, 100 is actually also a current player. He's just not bolded on this. I count as a current player. Phil Kessel. Uh, 992 points. Connor McDavid is 125th overall in 598 games. With yeah. 894 points. So he's like 110 points off from the top yeah. one. So, so you, I mean, he doesn't get that this season. Next season, he will for sure. I'm going to say probably not this season. Yeah, I just don't see McDavid throughout the remainder of the season going at three, three, like a three points per game pace. I think that's just a little bit yeah. too, too tall of a task. It's, it's fun to at least have a player that we're saying probably to that for. Yeah. Yeah. The fact that, like, it, 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 it I mean, it is very well possible. Like, I, I don't think it's going to happen, you, but if a time traveler came back and told me, I wouldn't not believe him. Yeah. Speaking of time travel, um, I got a fun little one here. I'm, I'm not going to really, you know, go too hard in on this because I, I would be shocked if, if you get maybe two or three of these. Okay. Um, so we're going to go back to the 2014-2015 NHL season. Okay. I've got eight countries here. I'll give you the point totals, and you got to try and guess what player um, had the most points from these countries during that season. Okay. okay. Over, the, over the full 82-game season. Um, so we'll start with the least amount of points and then work, work our way up. Um, so it's 21 points. From Germany. I'm gonna guess Dreisaitl. No, I'll give you two. I'll give you. Right? I'll give you two guesses uh, per one. Jeez, German player? God, there haven't been many in the league. Like, <laughs> when did? When did? Uh, I don't even know. Sturm. Was no, there it a was German Sturm that played. Tobias uh, Reader or Ryder, whichever way you want, you want to pronounce Ryder. it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, there's two players for this one from Finland. So if you get either one, I'll give it to you uh, with 48 points. It's early in his career, but I'm going to. Is that even too early? I don't know. I'm gonna. I'm gonna guess Barkov. It is not Barkov. Finland, Finnish. Is Rantanen finish? When did Rantanen? Yeah, get but he he got drafted at the end of that season. Oh yeah, he was twenty fifteen. Hmm. That's that's a that's a bit ago. It's it's hard to even remember. You know who was lighting it up back then? I really don't know. The only other Finnish player I can like think of is like Rube Hint. And I think it was Miko Koivu and uh, Valtteri Filpula. Filpula, he was still the two of them. Uh, next, this this one might be a this one's a little bit of an easier one. I imagine um, they'll get easier. Some of them, some of them, not <laughs> not so much. Right. Um, from Switzerland with fifty five points, Roman Yossi. It is Roman Yossi. Yeah. Uh, from I think that yeah, from Slovakia with sixty-one points. 
Anze Kopitar? It is not Kopitar. Kopitar is uh, Slovenia. Slovenia. I was going to say, I don't think he's from Czechia, but I, his Slovakia feels wrong. Slovenia. So from Slovakia. There's really only one guy. Yeah. During oh, this time, that, that, it, that it could be, really. And honestly, off the top of my head, actually, no, I guess I could now, but. He he bounced from a couple teams uh, before this season. He kind of liked to bounce around a bit. Yeah. Cup chasing, if you will. Marion Hosa. Marion Hosa. Uh, I appreciate the help. Um, what do I got next? Uh, yeah. So this is one of the this is one of the really really tough ones. So there's still four countries um, left. Okay. Uh, the United States with 73 points. Well, if it's difficult, I'm going to assume it's probably not Patrick Kane. It is not Patrick Kane. 73 points is possible for a defenseman. So I'm going to guess John Carlson. It is not John Carlson. I'll give you one more just because, yeah. just for fun. Give me one more so I can guess Jamie Ben. Jamie Ben's a Canadian. Oh, God. He plays for the stars. I try not to think about it. American player who's not Patrick Kane. He's like all of them. Think of a good, a good leader. Good locker room guy. Good locker room guy. Good locker room guy and leader. I can only think of Canadians. <laughs> Every guy I'm thinking of. I can just tell you because I, I don't think you would you would have got it, even if I gave you probably 10 guesses. Uh, every captain I'm thinking of is Canadian. My God. Yeah. Who is it? Nick Felino. I'm not him, even man. kidding. Nick Felino led, I forgot led he was uh, all Americans. That. I forgot he was scoring at uh, that rate at one point. With the Good Blue Jackets him. as well. Yeah. Um, Sweden with 78 points. 78 points, Sweden. Lidstrom is, I think, retired at that point. Yeah. Uh, there's definitely a few guys it could be. I'm going to go with Eric Carlson. It is not Eric Carlson. Is it a defenseman? No. I'm going to go with which one? Let's go Henrik Sedin. No, it is... We talked about him earlier. Nicholas Backstrom. Oh, it was Backstrom. Um, only two left. Uh, Czechia with 81 points. Czechia. So no, no Russia? Uh, no, they're not on here. Probably um, because when this was made, this is still... Every hockey post is kind of 
outlawing them right now. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I'm assuming for Russia is probably either Ovechkin or or Malkin. Yeah. Kucherov at that point, I think, put up like, I think he was like 80. But so, Mal- Malkin was probably still higher at that point unless he was injured that year. Yeah, we know uh, back to the then Ovechkin was still dropping 50 goals alone, so. Yeah. Um, for Czechia, how many? It's players? a it's a tough one. Are you saying what's the point total? Can I know? Eighty one, eighty one points. So he would have been right up at the top of there for the the league leader. Is Tomas Hurdle? Check. He is, but but I can promise you it it ain't it ain't hurt all. Like I can't even I can't even think of stars from there. Like I'm thinking like Andre Palat, like it's definitely know. not it, it it ain't Andre Palat. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Nino Niederreiter. Nah, he's Swiss. Yeah, he's Swiss. Not Kovalchuk. Nah, I don't know. Uh, just just for anyone curious, I, I did uh, pull it up here just to double check. Ovechkin did lead um, Russian players that year with 81 points. So he would have been just above this guy. Uh, it is Nicholas, or not Nick, no, sorry, Jacob Voracek. Ah, Voracek. Jacob Voracek. Um, and then lastly... Canada with 87 points. I'm going Crosby because you said 87. Would it change your opinion if I said he won the Art Ross with oh, 87 right. points? Cla- famed American <laughs> player Jamie Benn. It is Jamie Benn. I saw that's this the other day and I was why, like... That's even why I guessed Jamie Benn earlier because I knew he won the Art Ross. Yeah, like what a what a year! Jamie Ben leading Canadians in points, Nick Foligno leading Americans. That's a lot of goofy names to be leading wild. countries in points. Yeah, like they're all great players, but you wouldn't expect them to be the the top of of the list, though. That's for sure. No. Uh, but yeah, that's all I had. I don't know if you had anything else. Uh... Um. I had, stored. I had a few other ones. Um, we'll go through them a bit quicker. Uh, just a couple other all-time uh, things. Just a, a leaderboard update on all-time. Um, we got the top 50 all-time <laughs> point scorers for defensemen in the NHL. Oh, all-time, jeez. Uh, and uh, I don't think we need to make a guessing game out of this one, but I just wanted to highlight some of these guys. Uh, uh, At some point this season must have broken into 14th on the list, Brent Burns, with 854 points. Yeah, I think recently, actually, um, might have even just been after tonight, because I think he scored a goal tonight. Um, But I think he's now like 10th all-time in goals scored from defensemen. 
can I sort by that? Okay, never mind. He did not One. score a goal tonight. He's got he had two assists though, but he he did not not score. Doesn't matter. He's still ninth all time in defenseman scoring. Oh, it was last goal. night. It was last night he scored a goal. Yeah. So he's he's right up in there for He's he buried for the goal score department. Uh Eric Carlson, nineteenth all time, uh seven hundred and eighty three points in only nine hundred fifty three games. Like Yeah. The guy right below him has three hundred more games, three hundred twenty more games. The guy above him has like a hundred and fifty more. Like Yeah. Dude his scores at an unreal rate. Uh twenty seven, we talked about him earlier, Chris Letang. Really uh padding his stats there the other night. Uh, 27th all-time for Chris Letang, 714. Uh, not far behind, Victor Hedman, 29, with 686 points. And then right, rounding out the top 50, we got uh, Ryan Suter at 33, John Carlson at 36, Drew Doughty at 39, Roman Yossi at 41. Don't know why 39 and 40 are out of order. Uh, 47, Shea Weber, and Alex Petrangelo at 49. So that's a lot of active players. That's a lot, yeah. That are in the top 50. Like That's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. 10 of the top 50 all-time are currently playing, and... Yeah. Like, are any of them even going to retire that soon? Like, somewhat soon for sure, but like, Shea Weber's realistically probably done i suppose but like yeah no yeah shea weber he's he's done but like drew doughty has got gas left in the tank john carlson's not done yet Ryan probably Suter's, the closest to retiring is either probably getting close it's probably Suter and latang are probably the two that are latang i would say be the close and latang is really just due Maybe to burns past injuries like, he's and getting whatnot. old but like he's still producing like crazy so yeah and he's he's still like a lot of guys will say, he's he, despite his age, he's one of the guys who's in the best shape in in the Carolina locker room, yeah. which speaks volumes as to how hard he trains and takes care of himself and whatnot. Probably not uh, in better shape than their coach, though. Ooh, yeah. The ball. I think I think even if Burns sticks around, he'll be one of those guys that you know, as maybe gets a bit older, a bit slower. It's you know, maybe he's a third pairing. Guy maybe only plays like pairing guy who could play on the fifteen minutes tonight. But yeah, he he could still quarterback a power play and still rip it from the point or or pass it off like it's you know even with Joe Thornton when you saw him be a you know kind of a fourth line center with Toronto and Florida, he was still a power play guy because he could he was great on the half wall and you know even with age you're you know your passing still what it always was and there's not many guys who could dish it off like him. It's so, but yeah, in terms of age, uh, Burns is probably, I think, probably one of the closest to, to retire, retirement. Yeah. Um, moving on to just overall goals, uh, goals in a career. Uh, Ovechkin is in second, as we all know. Um, but Crosby has mo- made his way up to 23. He's, uh, he's been shooting up as of late. Another 10 goals, he'll be in 21st. Uh, so Crosby in 23, Stamkos is 36. And those are the only three in the top 50 currently playing. Yeah. That's, that is 
some very elite company. Yeah, I'd be interested in, you know, two or three years time looking at it and seeing how many, many active, uh, active players are, are in that, that top 50. Yeah. If he can keep his goal scoring up, it'll be interesting to see if uh, Stamkos can catch Crosby. You know, he's, he's like three, two or three years younger than him. And uh, he is, he is at 530 compared to Crosby's 569. So he's behind by a, about 40, 39 goals. So I think if Stamkos stays in Tampa, he will. If he doesn't, then it's it's a toss up because then it would really just depend on where he goes. But I think he'll stay in Tampa. So I think he probably, yeah, uh, when it's all said and done, he'll probably finish ahead of Crosby, but just by a little bit. Yeah. It's so hard to tell, you know, like, <laughs> especially talk about Crosby because. He could he could retire next season, and I think people would get it. He could retire in seven, and I think he'd be producing great numbers up until then. So, well, and we're even talking really about done. Yeah, we're even talking about Crosby and Stamkos. You know, probably two of the you know best guys in the league throughout the last you know twelve, thirteen years, and and how many much time have they missed due to injuries like we're, we're it's crazy to think about how much higher up on the list those two could be you know had they not have missed the amount of time they had due to you know their numerous injuries that they they've suffered yeah i because when I you think genuinely... of the best in the league they they missed more than anyone else i think yeah i think i genuinely believe that if stamkos never got injured uh, we would be talking about right now, one, if Ovechkin could catch Gretzky, and two, if Stamkos can catch Ovechkin. I, I think if he hadn't missed the time at the goal rate he was scoring at, I think he'd be, he'd be pretty close to at least 700 right now. Um, and I probably higher than that because he's putting up these numbers after becoming... I don't want to say becoming more of a playmaker, but he's definitely fo- not as shoot first as he used to be. Yeah. I, I don't think he he, he would catch Ovechkin or be where Ovechkin is, but I think realistically we would we'd be on a, a Stamkos watch of him getting into the top 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 three of all time. Like I think if if he hadn't, I think it very realistically could have been uh Stamkos, Ovechkin and Gretzky. Um in those topics, because what's what's the difference yeah. between uh, Stamkos and number three? Like how uh, far apart are so they? So Gordy Howe is eight hundred and one in third. Stamkos currently is at five thirty, so he is two hundred. And how how old is Stamkos? Behind Stamkos is, I believe, thirty two. Oh yeah, so you know what? Even just taking into account where he'd be at without the injuries, and then the remainder of his career, yeah, he probably would have gotten. He probably would have gotten up there. Yeah, I, yeah, that's like that's the crazy thing about sports, right? The, some injuries, and you're always kind of thinking about what what could have been, and yeah, some and of the potential record breaking moments or milestones that that we miss out on. Yeah, and you know we're talking about uh, guys who've missed out four more goals, and Crosby's about to pa- pass Mike Bossy. Talk about a guy who could have been higher up. Yeah, five hundred seventy three goals in seven hundred fifty two games. Holy <laughs> crap! Yeah, and I, and I'll 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 down that hill. You know, even though 
you know, he's bossy isn't number one on the list or anything. I think in terms of a pure goal score, like there was, there was nobody better than, than bossy. Like, and that, what, what you just said right there speaks alone to it. Like to have over 500 goals and like 700 and some games, like that's, that's, that's just absurd. Yeah. His, his goal scoring numbers are ludicrous. Like if you compared that to the amount of games played that other guys, I mean, it, it was just, it's a tough time to compare, you know, games played, but had he even played, you know, a thousand games or 1100, like some of these other guys have already hit, like, yeah. Yeah. The guys that uh, Bossy is beside are Crosby and Recky. Uh, the guy below him on the list, Crosby, uh, compared to his, again, 752 games, is at 1223. And the guy above yeah. him is at 1652. Yeah. The guy with four more goals almost has, he has 900 games exactly more played than Bossy. Yeah. Like, like that's, that's, and, that's, and that's, nuts. that's no scrub. That's, that's Mark Recchi. That's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right. 1500 points. Like, that's comparing him to the best. Um, but, uh, I with had, all that said done, do we got anything, anything left? One more I wanted to get to, but I don't think I will actually go through this entire top 50. I think I will just highlight one that is about to move up. Um, I'm looking at NHL records for all-time goaltending wins. Uh, but instead of going through the top 50, I'm just going to highlight number three, Marc-Andre Fleury. He is currently at 550 wins. Patrick Waugh is at 551. Wow. Flurry wins two games, and he will be the second winningest goaltender of all time in the NHL. I still can't believe there's people out there that truly, like, truly believe that he's, he's not a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah, I, like, that's... I, I get the argument because uh, they're like, he's never really been a top goalie in the league and stuff like that. I think the Vesna really secured it a few years ago, even though I think it should have gone to Vasilevsky, but that's a completely beside the point. Uh, he's been insanely consistent. He like the best goalies find a way to win. There's a reason that there's no, there's no backup who was on a good team at the top of this list. Like, yeah, these are all guys that are absolutely revered and, you, you and the fact that like he's he's got great. three three Stanley Cups, like I get, you know, two of me really didn't play much during them, but even just looking at Vegas, like Vegas doesn't reach the Cup final their first year, uh, probably doesn't even make it out of the first round if if they don't have Flurry as their goalie. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, and the fact that he's going to be second all time in wins. Uh, 100% will be a first ballot Hall of Fame. Unless it's a um, negative stat, there is no stat you should be able to be number two all time in and not be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Like, unless, unless it's, it's like, like penalty minutes unless or something. It, yeah, penalty minutes or uh, shots missed the net or pl- or being a minus or something. Or hits. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll give you hits even. Nah, you can't tell me Cal Clutterbuck is a Hall of Famer. Oh, well. Nah. Well, you can't tell me him and Matt Martin are going in hand been, in hand. They haven't been uh, tracking hits. 
for near as long as they've tracked everything else. So that's also like most hits in the last 15 years. It's still, still number one all time though. I think he's number one now. Yeah. Yeah. He is, I think yeah. so. But that's only recorded history. Yeah. But that's the thing is like, these like if guys, it's all these other stats, are you need, you still need it to be a guy that's time. putting up a hall of fame career outside of just, yeah. just hits and, Nothing really fights actually for him as much. But um, yeah, with all that, do you want to run us through the current? I mean, it's probably gonna be very similar to to last one, but do you want to give us a quick recap of the Yeah, we can run leaders around the, the league? League leaders. Um I'll just rattle off these ones pretty quick. Uh the point leaders, uh one, two, and three respectively, are Nikita Kucherov with fifty-eight. Nathan McKinnon with 56, and JT Miller with 48. Uh, in goals, uh, expanding his lead quite a bit. Uh, again, this one is 1-2-2. Two, two. Uh, got two second guys are tied. Uh, you got Austin Matthews with 28 goals already on the year. And then you got Nikita Kucherov and Brock Besser, both with 24. For plus-minus, you got uh, Quinn Hughes, Philip Hronick, and Dylan DeMello with 28, 23, and 20, respectively. Uh, for wins for goaltenders, we got Thatcher Demko with 17, Gorgiev with 17, Bobrovsky and Hellebuck both with 16. And then for save percentage, we got Aiden Hill with ni- a 9.33, Jeremy Swayman with a 9.29, and Charlie Lindgren with a 9.28. Charlie Lindgren really stealing some games for Washington, like we were saying earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Right on, right on. Well, that's uh, leaders around the league. Um, you got any last thing you want to throw in before we hop, hop out of here? Uh, no, I think I am. I am all good. Uh, we will be doing a uh, World Juniors update podcast fairly soon. Um, so stay tuned for that. But uh, that's uh, that's all I got for now. Right on, right on. Well, thanks again, everybody, for listening to another episode of the Stick 'em Up podcast. Um, if you want to join in on the conversations and whatnot with us over on social media, you can find us over on Instagram and on Twitter slash X at SEU Hockey. Uh, feel free to throw us a follow, shoot us a message, join in on the conversations there. Um, and with that, thanks for listening. We'll catch you guys in the next one.